The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or you can email radio at bnntv.org. I have a problem every year around MLK Day because Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for some reason has been treated as America's civil rights mascot. On this day, you'll have folks who would have never in their life marched with, agreed with, voted with anything he believed in. One of the biggest bigots in the United States Congress, he had the audacity to send out a Dr. King quote. The march has begun every day. We rise like the sun. We fight till the battle is won. Good evening. We're here for another edition of On Another Level. I'm your host and the producer of On Another Level here at BNN Media. We're here live right now. Um, a lot of stuff is coming up and there's an amazing guest. I always have amazing guests, artists, entrepreneur, craftsman, social activist, TMT, Too Much Talent, T. Michael Thomas, the founder and head lead instructor and senior instructor of the People's Academy. And I'm going to get, I just came from the wake at Union United Methodist Church in the South End. Um, commemorating the life of our dearly departed, um, but never really far from us, uh, Mel King. So I just came from there into the studio. We're going to talk about that and more. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us on another level. When the people organize, get into the street, and are willing to challenge, then change happens. I keep telling this because I think people have to understand that in this kind of community process, that if people are not out in the street and not organizing, they're not going to get the kind of change that they want. People get in the street, talk to each other with a belief that we can make this community work for all of its neighbors, children, etc., that we can make that happen. You know, I smile because my approach to it, that it's clear of your interest in the community, in all the communities, that you will get people who will work and support you. The issues of race have to, in my opinion, and something that I've worked on pretty much all of my life, be confronted, challenged, with a belief that people can change. And I continue to believe that in terms of the current situation in this country, in this city and, and state. Are you interested in learning to create television and web programming? Boston Neighborhood Network has what you need in our hybrid studio production class. Learn how to build a production in eight sessions. For more information, please head over to bnnmedia.org backslash services backslash workshops. Interested in becoming a radio DJ? Boston Neighborhood Network's 102.9 FM is offering a course of radio production that can get you started. For more information, please head over to bnnmedia.org backslash services backslash workshops. 
And we're back here on Another Level. I'm your host, uh, Sharon Hinton, and the producer of On Another Level. This piece of hair is like kind of bothering me. Sorry about that. We may be taking phone calls later on, live phone calls, but I'm not sure because my guest is so amazing. Um, how do I do this? Yes. He's, okay, let me take this piece of paper out of here. This magazine that I have is um, the Intrigue, Intrigue uh, magazine. This is the issue for March and April of 2023. And this is the, this is the front of the magazine. Let me show you. That um, T. Michael Thomas, too much talent Thomas. He's just a bad mamma jamma. What can I say? There he goes. And there it is right there. And, and while I have a camera person, director, audio person, our world, um, Katie, so you're going to see my chin for a minute. But then on the inside, T. Michael Thomas, artist, craftsman, entrepreneur, and social activist. There is so much stuff in here that I want you guys to see this before we talk about it. Um, I don't know. I guess the, the magazine will be online. You know what? Let me get you a better. Yep. That's that right there. But I've also got some better pictures that are bigger pictures. This is some of the jewelry, jewelry, some of the crafts that he has done. He is the copper man. I speak to this man almost every day for the last eight years. Good golly, Miss Molly. That's my fingers. Thank God I got a manicure. And um, let's see. Some of the other jewelry, these are bigger pictures, so this is a lot better. I don't want to bend up the binding and mess up the photographs because this is, you know, there it is. It's beautiful. And this is all copper. All of the copper. That's amazing. I should have, I have earrings. I didn't wear my earrings tonight. Man. Okay, there we go. See? Look at that. All that work. Oh, Katie's trying to do the zoom, zoom, zoom. And let's see if I have so many. There any other photographs here? Well, that was it. That's the only one. So this is the magazine. It is beautiful. Um, you're looking dangerous on this cover, brother. T. Michael Thomas, my guest, who is the founder and lead instructor, head instructor, the original, um, the, the, what do we call you? The Renaissance man. You're the black Renaissance man. Although, arguably, a lot of the Renaissance people that have been pictured as Caucasians were originally black, like William Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. But you are our current, in Boston, renaissance man who is the leading copper artist in the country of color. Well, I would say of anybody. Um, the leading copper artist in this country, you have uh, um, some land that's on the corner of Warren Street and Quincy Street yep. um, with a building that hopefully will end up being part of the People's Academy. That's uh, the multi-service center that used to be a fire station. I'm old enough to remember it with a fire station. So welcome, too much talent, T. Michael Thomas in the house, the People's Academy. Thank you. I haven't, I don't it's think I've interviewed while. you since. I know. I think we while. interviewed before the pandemic. That's over three yes. or four years ago. Absolutely. And so when I talked to you, while well, I was on Touch FM, that was eight years ago. Yes. Seven or eight years ago. Good mm -hmm. God, has it been that long? Oh, yeah. So from going to the Triple Decker in Dorchester, you've expanded. Because when I first met you, it was upstairs mm -hmm. a little bit, in the basement a lot. But you didn't have mm -hmm. anything in the backyard. Now you've got the backyard. Mm -hmm. You've got the basement. You've got upstairs, big wide Second screen. Second and third floor. 
The second and the third floor? As well. Are you yeah. hiding out? You didn't tell me about the second floor. Yeah. But every time I call you, here's what I hear. Tinker, tinker, tinker. He's always working on something. Yeah. And then he goes, mm -hmm. did I show you the latest in the jewelry? Did I tell you about um, Vegas and the fashion stuff? Did I tell you of all yeah. these other places that want you? And here you are struggling to get this building up in Boston mm -hmm. where you want to be based out of. And eight years ago, I told you, leave and come back. But that's another part of the discussion. Yeah. Right now, the People's Academy, which has always been in the cutting edge of technical, vocational, um, craftsmen, tradesmen, construction, uh, training. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep this on a positive note. You've always been there. You haven't left there. You're expanding, but you still want it want the base of operations to be in Boston because mm -hmm. we need it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so tell us about tell us about where where the People's Academy is now and how people can push forward their support. Because you're at a crucial point. Yeah. You need the funding for the land. You've got the land finally, Marty Walsh, mm -hmm. that this land is designated for the People's Academy. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, it's actually it looks like a vacant lot. But for those of you who know Roxbury, know Boston there's Walgreens, um, the old Technical High, which is Boston Latin School across the street. There's another charter school. We're talking about the intersection. Um, there's a Walgreens. There's a Roxbury Multi-Service Center. There's BLA, and there's a charter school, Bridge Charter School or something like that. But then there's a vacant lot that's all behind the um, Multi-Service Center, and that's yes. the future People's Academy. Absolutely. Tell me about the future. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, even though we speak every day, <laughs> just about, but um, for um, having me back on your show, and you've had me on every network and every I know, location. That's true, right? Yeah. Boston Pays Radio, Touch yeah, FM, ev everything, and being in media, uh, everything. We family, Absolute, bro. Look at that. Absolutely. But, but no, I, I really want to thank you for that because of the importance of the People's Academy, the need for the People's Academy. Like the shirt says, trades, not triggers. But where we are now, we're located out of my triple-decker. The land is designated on the corner of Quincy and Warren to build a facility with living workspace to do the, the training, but to train individuals. And gallery space too, right? Correct. Uh, to train individuals to become instructors. But also, with the help of Councillor Frank Baker, the Beasley Building on Morrissey Boulevard will be a temporary location, another outlet that we can train more individuals, get them ready, also place them in places that is aggressively in need of instructors in that part of the building trade. So now, that's our focus. So... Um, I introduced you because you're in the studio with me, um, and I talked about how I just came from the wake. It was to started at four o'clock. Mm -hmm. It'll go on till um, eight o'clock tonight for um, former state representative Mel King, mm -hmm. activist, community activist. And I almost didn't go, but I'm glad I did. What struck me is when so the same time that we're on now mm -hmm. is when they actually are having a public testimony about what Mel King um, did for them, because there are people that actually worked on Ten City with him, mm -hmm. 
or um, you know, the computer, the tech center, mm -hmm. or um, he was a teacher at one point. Yes. So there are different people that were in different stages of his life and his children's lives mm -hmm. and his wife's life that um, are coming through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, elected officials and the dignitaries paying their respects. And so um, looking, at, looking at the human capital and the social capital that this man has built up and just remembering, because I've known him, he's known me all of my life. Mm -hmm. he, he died, he passed away on March 28th, Mel King, um, at the age of 94. Mm. But I guarantee you there's probably other things that he still wanted to do because he's that kind of a guy. When I hear you, and I know that you're working, I know that you're tinking, I can hear it. Even if I don't hear it, I know you're doing it because mm -hmm. that's you. Mm -hmm. Mel King um, wrote Chain of Change, Chains of Change, and then it also, I heard today, was actually reissued and updated. And I actually used that as part of a curriculum when I was teaching at Springfield College School of Human Services because it talks about organizing mm -hmm. and, and building up community and what that looks like or what that should look like. Right. So decades ago, when Mel in 1983 ran for the first black person to run for the mayor of Boston, mm -hmm. he put together a coalition of everybody, no right. barriers. It's like, rainbow. this is what we need to do. The rainbow coalition, yes. right? Mm -hmm. This is what we need to do. I know you have a rainbow coalition, even though mm -hmm. you don't call it that. Right. And, and you blackity black, black, blackity black, black, black. Mm -hmm. But who are the people that you need as you move forward to be in your coalition? You talked about trainers mm -hmm. and there has to be a steady flow of that. Then right. there's the students mm -hmm. and a steady flow of that. But who do you need as a co-conspirator, as a comrade, as an ally to, con to help you continue to do this work? Well, that's a great question. Um, what the People's Academy need, and when I say the People's Academy, the people. We're just a voice for the disenfranchised, the ones who need help to be employable. But it starts with all of us, but it starts with the elected officials who is there to represent us because they ran for that elected, that position. And so you're talking the governor, the mayor, the senators, the city councilors, the state rep, the, all the elected officials. Massachusetts, Boston has over 18 billion in new construction. You have individuals coming outside from other cities and state. The president of the United States, Joe Biden himself said, there's a shortage of construction workers. We all know the construction industry is the key to the middle class. Then we have a segment of society that are black and brown that are focused on only to serve as incarcerated individuals, mm -hmm. in and out of prison, the recidivism, street violence, gun violence, homelessness, gentrification. And here the People's Academy have a plan to train those individuals, teach them a trade that they could be employable. So they don't have to go back inside. It, correct. And that they could take care of their, their family, community, and contribute to the economy. And they will not sit with us on any level. Think about that. Now, every person that runs for an elected office 
They talk about diversity, inclusiveness, the wealth gap, systemic racism. Here you have a program like the People's Academy that has, like I said, a manufacturing component, arts, construction, etc. Education, because you're one of the um, folks that's on the educational piece. And the city or the state are doing all these um, town um, panels and all of this. The school safety and, and, and community and, safety. Right. Looking for solutions. And we're like, after 15 years, we have proven that what we can do and, and the importance of what we're doing and they wouldn't even have a conversation with us. Now, our tax dollars is, is keeping these individuals incarcerated, but it's also funding these elected officials. But whose side are they really on? Why aren't they concerned to make these individuals employable so they can pay their debt back to society, so they can take care of their families? Why aren't they, the elected leaders sitting with us so to let's, address let's, this let's problem. Go back. Let's go back to, so you need elected officials mm -hmm. and you need people who are looking for a trade. Correct. So people who are, I think the, the terminology now is reentering citizens. Yes. Which, you know, as opposed to formerly incarcerated. Yes, re returning, correct. Returning, returning citizens. citizens. Returning, yes. reentering. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, so the people who need these jobs that don't have, that have no desire to go to college. Correct. That, or they went to college and it's not working for them. Correct. Um, can get a trade, can go mm -hmm. to the People's Academy and either join the union or go into business on their own. Correct. And then no student debt involved. Correct. And then they're making a good living wage to be able to support themselves, their kids, buy property, invest the money. Correct. And then, okay, so. And save the taxpayers money at, at the same time. And generating revenue for the state. Correct. And so it's stabilizing the community and the, and the, the uh, reports, because, you know, it's getting warmer. Mm -hmm. At the end of this week, it's supposed to be 70s or 80s. And I have to say that I, I love, this is my type of weather, I love this type of weather. But when the kids are out of school and they have too much time on their hands and it's warm outside, it's just like a recipe sometimes for a disaster. Correct. My parents used to keep us so busy, we were too tired to get in trouble, <laughs> right? Correct. And so, you know, I remember um, working with the city, trying to get young people involved in the jobs. Um, and they, I think at that time there were 8,000, 8, 8,500 jobs. A lot of those jobs didn't get filled. Right. And so there's enough jobs out here for young people to be busy, and they'll get paid, but there's a disconnect, some yes. kind of a where. But when I see people that are training... Um, at the People's Academy, they're involved, they're engaged, yep. they're creative, and they're bringing all of that because they've been knocked around a little bit, and so mm -hmm. they know the importance mm -hmm. of the People's Academy, the importance of be, be able to work with your hands yep. and your brain and make money. Mm -hmm. Can you give me an idea of what the average pipe fitter is getting paid now, the average... Sheet metal worker, construction worker, they'll start off between... 15 and 19 dollars an hour every three or four months six months it moves up a dollar two more an hour by the after four or five years when they're done with their apprenticeship with a, the overall package i could speak for the sheet metal mm -hmm. um, union the sheet metal workers 
their take-home package is about $54 an hour. The overall wait, wait, package. Stop, stop. $54 an hour? Take-home. The overall package, including the benefits, is $110 an hour. Think about that. Okay, wait. You know, calculate it. Um, so that's over $5,000 a week. Could never go wrong with that. Not honestly, no. <laughs> but that's but but ask yourself this question. But then there's also a need because the buildings are crumbling. Correct, and they're also going up everywhere in Boston. Look at the skyline, Cambridge, within the United States, Canada. I've seen there are cranes everywhere. They need construction workers, but somehow or another, when it comes to black and brown men in particular and women of all kinds, they will not make an exception and focus on including them to be part of that build-out. Why is that? Is that the unions that are selecting people? All of, all of the above. So Especially the union. And I am a product of the union. I, I saw this last week. I saw a um, broadcast, well, cable cast, of a city council hearing, mm -hmm. and there was a particular program which I won't name because I'm not pumping them up this time, but was talking about letting people know about trades and the importance of trades. And, but they didn't seem like they were doing hands-on training. They were just in, informing people about the importance of trades. I remember... Well-funded, too. <laughs> I remember in elementary school in Boston Public Schools, you had shop and home economics. That was elementary school. Yes. So at an early age, you knew... Everybody wasn't going to go to college, but you had an alternative. Mm -hmm. And now, so you have M M Madison Park, and that's it. But before, you had shop and home economics in every single public school. And so now it's like people are being focused on college, which when it comes to black and brown students, that's a serious debt that you can't get rid of. I mean, that's Absolutely. the only debt, education debt. Um, you can't even get rid of that through bankruptcy. Correct. So it seems to be a no-brainer. What's the, what's the, I mean, to me it seems like you should be overflowing in students and in money. Correct. That's a, a very excellent point. The problem is that it's systemic racism. Let's call it for what it is. When you look in every city and state other than the urban setting where predominantly black and brown people live, there is a lot of programs geared towards the construction industry. Like you said a few seconds ago, when we went through high school, you could get introduced or exposed to the building trades. Right. They outsourced that. The unions got together and they outsourced it in every black and brown community because they knew that that was the key to the middle class to control the labor force. Fast forward, you have elected officials of color, which we have met with numerous times. Look at our plan. Look at what's needed. Fact check, if, if we're, what we're showing you, if you're not certain, look into it. But as long as we are presenting you with a solution, why not? at least consider it.
the system is broken. And this is why I would say for those of you who your constituents, your voters, your taxpayers, if they're not, if your leader is not looking out for your interests, your kids are going in and out of jail and to the street. Vote them out of office. Where did you get the idea of trains, not triggers? Because that's a catchy, and I, have, I, I didn't wear mine tonight because, you know, I came from the funeral, so I'm being spiffy. I have a T-shirt like that. Um, trades, not triggers, where did they come from? It, it came a while ago from when I first got into union, that I got into union. I was fortunate enough, right out of the Humphrey Center, right into the union, right out of high school. Most of my friends did not. And back then, there was a lot of wars in Grove Hall, a lot of shootings. But then also on the other side, there were a lot of systemic racism because there weren't a lot of black and brown people and women in the buildings, in the union. So I constantly questioned it. I said, all these, you know, shootings, and then you have the trades on the other side, mm -hmm. and there's a need, a gap, missing gap. So I pulled it together. I think most people don't, most people don't know the history of the union. So let me, let me do a little, because you know I'm a teacher. That's what I do. <clears throat> after the Civil War, yeah, we're going there. After the Civil War, all the slaves were let loose like let loose, like you're free, free to do what? Like we don't, you're not giving us, because there was a 40 acres of mule that didn't happen because the federal government started pulling out the troops that would protect the black people in the southern states where they were being terrorized, right? And didn't know any different because it was illegal for black people to be educated, period. So, you know, we went and looked for our families and then you saw this boom of people going for elected jobs and we were brought here to work so everybody had a job and people had trades so when we wanted to work for ourselves the white supremacists and racists told other people that were potential um employers oh you can't and this is where the unions come from you can't employ that n-word right there i know they're good and they used to be on the plantation doing that stuff but they need to be in the union and the unions were all white. That's the birthplace of the unions. Now from centuries ago to now, it's still that way where you have to know somebody that knows somebody, your father, your uncle, your brother. Absolutely. And then they open up the doors. Oh, you know, hey, you know, hi, my friend, Marty. Sorry, Marty, I'm just using your name because that's what came. But it's like, so the Irish, a lot of Italians, that, you know, did not have their families ripped up. Yes, they went in the boat and, you know, I watched the, you know, the ancestry roots kind of shows and everything. And, oh, it was so courageous. And they didn't know where they were going. Yeah, they knew that there were other people that were on the other side of there that were doing better than what they were when they left Ireland, when they left Italy, when they were starving to death. And then came here and became part of the problem. Because everybody's trying to survive. And then, you know, they're finding their people. Mm -hmm. And they've got cultural language, things in common, and the ghettos. The ghettos weren't always black. You could have a Jewish ghetto, an Italian ghetto, an Irish mm -hmm. ghetto, because it was about being stuffed in one place and being broke all the way together. Mm -hmm. But their families and their heritage and their language and everything hadn't been destroyed. They hadn't been dehumanized. Mm -hmm. And so the original unions were to keep black people out of the workforce, and it right. seems that that's what they're still doing. I'm seeing you know, the hearing last week, and I'm talking to people 
And it sounds like the unions are opening up, but are they opening up as much as they should be to people of color? Certain unions are. Okay. But I have to step back a little and throw a curveball in there. When you look at the different group, ethnic groups, mm -hmm. they send the elevator back down, they share information, each one teach one. When it comes to our people, black people in particular, too many of us, not all of us, but too many of us, we want to be the token person that everyone is looking up to instead of sharing that information, passing that knowledge. And that's because a whole that's the way it slavery. used to be. Correct. That's a whole load from slavery. That's the way it used to be. I will touch on Mel King. When Thomasina died, when she was alive, and we did the exhibit, I forgot where it was. Thomasina was one of your founding board members. Yes, the People's an Academy. advisor, correct. And when she, we did the exhibit, and he came in, I have knew of him, I've heard of him, but I've never met him. That was the first time. And she, he came in, and he saw the different copper pieces on display. And I'm hearing him, he was like, who's responsible for all of this stuff? And she said, I will introduce you to the young man who did it. When he came over, he grabbed my hand. He said, you did all of this stuff? He said a few words to me of advice. And one of the things that, he, I, 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 that stayed with me that he said to me, don't give up. Mm. Don't give up on what, you, what, that, what that mission and that dream you have, don't give up. And that's what I remembered from Mel King. That's you know, my experience. You know, and, and, and uh, wow, that's so deep. So I have been, I won't say out of commission, but out of circulation for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's what people were saying to me today. Mm -hmm. We need voices like you. We need warriors like you. We need people that speak the truth. We need strong people like you. But... Tell me how you, because I talk to you every day. Tell me what is it that keeps you going, like every day. Like there's not a day that I call you, even when you were, you were supposed to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. You were still tinkering and you were still <laughs> doing right. stuff. Making things, correct. You were still making things, creating yeah. things. What is it that keeps you going? Honestly, starting with people like you and others who would call and say, hey, How's it going? Put up a good fight. Like you would send me all these different encouraging messages. But on a lot of it too, my mother, you know, she says pray a lot. But when you see how people, especially that looks like you, is suffering when there's others that look like us who's in a perfect position to help, to help and refuse to help and can help so easily. Not by money, but by a simple phone call, handshake, information. Information. Their inactions. Access to. Correct. Their inactions is criminal. It's so telling. You're in such a position. You're in Washington, D.C. You're at the State House. You're at the White House. You're at City Hall. You're in all these places. You're in corporate settings. You know, you see what's there. That can help so many people. Share the information. You can't leave with it once you leave this earth. Come well, on. And on that note, you can't leave us right now. You're tuned to On Another Level. I'm your host, Sharon Hinton. 
my amazing guest, Too Much Talent Thomas, T. Michael Thomas. Got some more information. There's a little snippet that we're about to show you that gives you a better idea about the People's Academy. You're on another level. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. New at six, helping the incarcerated, homeless, and hopeless turn their lives around. One man is making it his mission to teach trades to help stop gun violence. WBZ's Paul Burton introduces us to a student whose life has been dramatically changed. Inside a triple-decker home in Dorchester, copper and sheet metal are being cut, bent, and hammered. But more importantly, young lives are being saved, shaped, and changed for the better. Teach them a trade so that they can make an honest living and put the guns down. T. Michael Thomas, better known as the Copper Man, is a welder, sheet metal, and coppersmith worker by trade. This is cornice work. His house is not only his own workshop. These are our lighthouses. But it's also his museum. This is a boat right here. Of amazing pieces of art that he created himself. It's the Leonard Zakem Bridge. The Boston native learned how to weld and work with sheet metal when he was in high school and entered the union after he graduated. I question often why aren't there more black and brown people and women involved into the union. And one of the things they said to me was that we don't have the time to train them. Why don't you do it? And that's exactly what he did, converting his home into the People's Academy, a nonprofit that serves as an apprenticeship training program for any city residents and making them employable. We teach them how to fabricate and install historic metal that they can take care of their family, their community, and the economy. Some of the students have been incarcerated and looking for a fresh start. Their focus is getting young people off the streets and providing them a career. Here, they call it trades, not triggers. The People's Academy craftsmanship can be seen all over historic Boston. Sean Andre entered the People's Academy in 2017 after bouncing from job to job trying to raise a child. When I actually came into this program and actually got to use the tools to actually like see what I can build with tools, I was really good at it. I was focused out and I loved it. He's excelled in the program and says it's given him a sense of accomplishment. I feel better about myself knowing that I can go work on a building next door and my name would be on it. Being able to show my son that I'm able to take care of him and take, be a man and handle my responsibility. For the past 15 years, the program has impacted more than 2,500 students. But Thomas says he hopes to get funding for a new building that will provide affordable housing and training space. It's an investment for public safety, homelessness, joblessness, street violence in particular. And knowing that like I can pass this trade on to my son, if we can get the funding to make the school go up, that's gonna be like a, a huge step. Until then, he will continue to mold and shape both the copper and his students with care and compassion. In Dorchester, I'm Paul Burton, WBZ News. Thank you so much, WBZ News. Um, I look at the People's Academy. Welcome back. We're talking to T. Michael Thomas, Too Much Talent, Thomas, founder and lead instructor to the People's Academy. Um, I think of the, I mean, I've known you for a while, and it was divine inspiration how you and I even hooked yeah, up. That's and how we're still yeah. like talking to each other, right? Because yeah. you and I have been through some yeah. little bit, bruh. Of... Well, yeah. um, and so we talked before the break about um, just keep, keep going. 
keep them going. And so we're inviting people to, to phone call us. And if you've got some questions about how you can be involved in the People's Academy, there's a website so you can actually donate. Hello. And some of you may actually want to um, be trained in the People's Academy. Mm -hmm. If you've got kids or something like that, we've got a phone caller um, on the line. Tell me your name and where you're calling from and your question or your comment, please. Good evening, Anthony Washbury, and I have a question for both of y'all. It's a political one. And my question is, why are people in politics like Michelle Wu, Moore Healy, some of the city councilors, I'm not going to mention their names, are scared of teaching people, black and brown people, how to fish instead of giving black and brown people fishes for a day. I'm the type of person that wants to know stuff for a lifetime. Teach me what you know. Don't give me what you know. That's an excellent question. T. Michael? Whoo, my brother. Thank you for that <laughs> question. Yes. The reason being that they're not teaching folks how to fish because it's systemic racism. You want, they want to make the money off of you. Correct. Yeah. The recidivism, the street violence, that's all strategically planned, especially when Boston has so much development going on mm. that you need construction workers. But why not black and brown people and women? You know, what, as I'm why? sitting here listening to you, and thank you, phone caller. Thank you, caller. Um, some other people can call us. Don't wait until, you know, you're just listening and wait till the end of the program because you won't get in at the end of the program. But um, I remember noticing crews of people that were in the black community that didn't look like us. And I knew they were getting paid. Now, a lot of people don't know this, unless you really know me, but um, I actually went to Wentworth Institute to learn how to weld because my grandfather was a contractor and he had his own business. Um, he, actually, <laughs> he actually learned how to weld in trade school because back then, if you were really young, you had the option of going to an industrial school or go to, or go to jail, right? Mm -hmm. And so back then, you know, if you're a black person and they only want to keep you shining shoes or these low menial jobs and doing laundry and stuff, you couldn't support a family with that. And you're working, you know, you're working your, your way into the ground. So my grandfather was a um, <coughs> bootlegger and uh, <laughs> he got busted. So wasn't the Kennedys. Well, and Trump. And a pimp, lot more. Pimpalicious. And so, you know, because all the, all the real hustles, we, we had to come up with, because we had to work out of the box, right? Yep. The weed business, now they got dispensaries. Nobody goes to jail. The numbers business, now they got the lottery. Nobody goes to jail. But all mm -hmm. this stuff that we had to do to hustle. So anyway, he had the opportunity to go to industrial arts, and he learned how to weld. Because he learned that trade, when the war came up, World War II, um, he ended up coming from down south up to Boston in Quincy and building some of the ships. Right. So because he was working for the government building ships, he didn't get drafted. And you know, back then, they put black folks all up in the front and everything. So mm -hmm. there was that kind of devastation that was happening. That's if you even saw combat. But, and there was this racism too, and that's another whole story. Our men coming back after being in Europe and treated like human beings come here and want to do the same thing. We're getting lynched and we're getting killed. When all we want to do is be human beings and take care of our family. But I remember um, seeing my uncles and my brothers 
um, welding, and I just, it seemed like it was so cool. So I actually did it, but I get tired of getting burnt because the arc welding, when it sparks and everything, you start mm -hmm. to get burnt. So I'm like, nah, yes. I don't think, but I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of looking at the welds and being able to get it, you know, mm -hmm. see, I'm getting into it now. There's a <laughs> yeah. magic to working with your hands. Absolutely. And you have something coming from your head, and then you actually see it. Creating something. And creating something. Yep. Like this young brother, Sean, had said in that mm -hmm. piece, mm -hmm. he said not only is he, he's, he's a role model for his kids. Mm -hmm. He's already gone to jail, mm -hmm. but he can look up and say, I did that. Correct. I made that. Pride. And then it, it's, it's there longer than him. Mm -hmm. And so I know when I first met you, you mm -hmm. were showing me buildings in the Back Bay, in the South Everywhere. Bend, Seaport, all over the place. See that? That corners work? I did that. See that? I did that. And so the beauty of the work that you do, the restoration mm -hmm. work, is you have to have an exact replica of that. And not everybody can do that. Can I touch on that for a second? Yes. Sec? Now, I open that up for you. <laughs> yes. The state of Rhode Island, we've been in talks with them, and they have no one in the state of Rhode Island teaching this corner straight. Think about that. Look at every old city. Look at every country. Let's step out of the United States. You have Canada, you have all of Europe. Every building has a roof. Every roof has metal. And plumbing work, duct work. Right. It all has to be custom made. So with all technology and all of that stuff, five, ten years from now, when the robots and the computers do most of the administration stuff, you still will need a tradesperson. And we're setting up our family, our kids, and our generations to fail if we don't get them involved in the building trades. Look at what they're doing in Germany. They're focusing especially on a lot of young white kids, women, teaching them the trades. Go outside, get back to Boston, go outside of Boston, go to New Hampshire, go to Vermont. Well, no, you can go They're in teaching them trades. And you can go in Roxbury and you look at, because now it's starting to, starting to warm up and everything, see all these construction crews. Look at the trucks and see where the trucks are coming from. Look at the workers. Oh, well, let's go back to King. <laughs> this is not Mel King. Martin Luther King. Something that you told me was that whole memorial wasn't even manufactured or constructed in Boston, right? And it, exactly. So you're talking millions of $10 dollars. $10 million. Dollars. And no one, no person from Boston received a dime. The only thing that black and brown people and women get in Boston is crumbs. You have billions of dollars, especially in the construction industry, and women, people of color, is not part of it. But we but can... you have women in the People's Academy. Absolutely. A lot of them. Absolutely. You're one of them. I'm, on the educational level. On the education, right. But, yeah, but I mean but in terms of learning the trade. Correct, yes. But we also have to, to, back to the caller, that you have two women in office. One of them is of color. Then you have a council. You have senators. You have Congress people that are of color. Why aren't they? What are they afraid of? What, what is there to lose by sitting with us and let, let us show them here are shovel-ready jobs that so many black and brown people and women can make a gainful, livable wage. So hold on. Let me, let's backtrack for a second. These jobs, these union jobs, does it make a difference if you have a felony or a quarry? No. And they're not all union jobs. 
because some of these shovel-ready jobs, a lot of them, the union is so busy, they don't have time to touch them. Why doesn't the city and the state work with us and the federal government? It's okay. So What's there what, to lose? So what can people do? Should they call the mayor? Should they email Absolutely. the mayor? Every elected official. And say what? Support the People's Academy? N not only that, but the mayor and the governor and every elected official, if you, have a, if you don't have a plan, unless they do, is why they don't support the People's Academy. But talk to the, every elected official, the mayor and the governor, starting to say what's wrong with sitting with the People's Academy's team to see if what they're offering, if it's practical or mm. not. Mm. If it's not, then you say, no, it's not. We're not going to support it. But there is no reason why they shouldn't sit with us, look at our jobs plan, look at our manufacturing plan, look at our training plan. There's no reason why other than systemic racism. So recently, in the past couple of weeks, the um, governor and the mayor have gotten together and they're offering, I think it's six different community colleges, free tuition. Free tuition, right? And at the community colleges, which um, that's a pretty good step. However, that's still college. That's not a trade. Um, what, is, what is going on with um, you in Madison Park, the People's Academy at Madison Park? Because I, I remember at one point there was a discussion about using either facilities or the students that were close to graduation and, and having a pipeline. So, I mean, what's going on with that? We have tried aggressively to sit with them to say, hey, we're willing to come in at night just to expose these individuals to the trades. We're rejected, rejected, workshops. rejected. You did workshops. We there. did a workshop. We got rejected after that. On base, based on what? <laughs> They're restructuring I, the management? or I, I couldn't possibly answer it. But we went in there. We showed what we had to offer. Never got a callback. However, we get double and triple callbacks in every community but Boston. Outside Why? of here. Outside of here. So now, okay. Now this, this piece about the mayor giving away free land to the developers. And this land was already designated by two mayors of Go, Marty Walsh. Mm -hmm. What needs to happen to move that needle forward so that you guys get the land? Well, Department of Neighborhood Development, their leadership needs to stop being racist, move aside, and allow the program to grow. There is the same way the city would come up with funding for the CDCs, the community development groups, under the guidelines affordable housing. We're providing affordable housing, job training, manufacturing, but for the People's Academy's personal reparation, blood, sweat, and tears, the city gained $100 million on the Millennium Project, on the linkage that we were a major part of. Now, that's that down near the police station, police headquarters, right? No, that's down where the old Lollipop building used to be in oh, our post downtown. office. Okay. Correct. That we were used, got other folks that looked like us to get us involved. Promises was made and never kept. But the city gained $100 million in linkage money People's Academy, the building is out of the ground, almost completed. 
never received a dime. So hold up. So let's give, oh man, we ran out of time. We've got about five minutes left. So um, let's give credit where credit is due. Frank Baker, mm -hmm. who... Counselor Frank Baker, yes. ...is problematic when it comes to some of the other counselors of color and some of the other stands that he has in terms of um, communities of color. Mm -hmm. But where is he with the People's Academy? Ooh. Frank Baker is part of the People's Academy. Him, his family, from day one, he continues to be. If it wasn't for him pushing Mayor Walsh at the time and Sheila Dilling, who was always against us getting that land and other locations. <laughs> right. He, he continues to fight. He provided us, for instance, with a temporary space at the Beasley Building on Marcy Boulevard. He's been fund, fighting for funds. Also, Senator Nick Collins is another one that's been fighting for us. He's gotten us some funds. They continue to fight. And it's like this. Even if the other elected officials do not get along with Frank, Councilor Frank Baker with his politics, for the People's Academy to have a training facility, it's in their district for their constituents. So the at, there's four at-large city councilors. Mm -hmm. Let's weigh in on them. Where's Erin Murphy with this? She's supportive. Michael Flaherty. Very supportive. Ruthie Lejeune. The jury is still out. N not sure. Julia Mejia. She's, she's in talks. She's in talks. Tanya Anderson, whose district, the proposed she, People's Academy is... We're in, still in talks. She's new. I'm hopeful of her. And I'm hoping that she will adopt the People's Academy because it's good. It's in her district. Not only that, she needs a win. But she also needs our support. I, I really, I believe in her and I'm hopeful for her, and I'm going to support, and I, I will continue to support We've her. got like four minutes. Can you believe it? Um, which is why we almost didn't take phone calls. Um, how do people get in touch with you? They could go on peoplesacademyinc.org. So it's www. www.peoplesacademyinc.org. All of our information is on there, but especially what's important is for them to speak to the elected officials and ask them if they have another plan, fine. But if they don't, what's wrong with sitting with us So and working together? Before we leave the air, the Benjamin Franklin Institute that already had a building mm -hmm. down in the Back Bay South mm -hmm. End has now been designated a place right in Nubian Square. And given funds. $30 million. And has never addressed stuff to do with street violence, shootings, recidivism, gentrification. We've been at it for over 15 years out of pocket. Give, give that www what? <laughs> www.peoples, with an S, peoplesacademyinc.org. And if they want to see you, and talk to you. Do you have any upcoming exhibits? Do you have any upcoming shows? Or? At the convention center. When? Um, it's still being um, planned. This, this year, though? 2023? This year, correct. The I, side of Lawn on D. Sorry. Now, yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember at the very beginning, you were loading up your truck and all the framework and everything, and we are at the Freedom House, we are at the Roxbury Library. The Boys we're and Girls Club. We're all over Club. the place, yeah. the Boys and Girls Club. 
Yeah. And so, um, but there's supposed to be a, a, a display space that's coming up. Is that the convention center? Yes. With all the photographs and everything? In South Boston, correct. In South Boston. So right now we need people to write the mayor. The governor. Uh, this is an election year for mm -hmm. city councils. And you have five city councils. You have your district city councilor and four at-large city councilors. Right? But we want all 13 on board. Right? Mm -hmm. So write your city councilors. Do you have an upcoming class for someone who wants to be taught at the People's Academy? Yes, we're in the process, like I said, at the Beasley Building next to Star Market and Marcy Boulevard, but we still need operational funds. How many? How much? A lot. Millions? <laughs> a couple, million and a half or so. Oh, a million and a half. The city has it, the state has it. What's a million and a half when you got a 2.5 billion with it. a B budget? Yeah. And so what do you see happening this summer? If people don't have jobs and people don't have stuff to keep them busy. Chaos. Mm -hmm. Tired of seeing thoughts and prayers. It's not working. Well, every person that comes to the People's Academy from every district, they're looking for a job, career path, period. Not thoughts and prayers. They're not. <sighs> Ain't nobody going to save us but us. Correct. And Jesus, we just had Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Thank you so much, T. Michael Thomas. Thank I appreciate you for having you. me. Thank you so much for being here with us this evening. My name is Sharon Hinton. On another level, hopefully some of the information that you are seeking to make your life better, your community, your neighborhood, your family, you've gotten here tonight with T. Michael Thomas. Um, www.peoplesacademyinc.org is where you get more information. And we gave on information so that you can become involved in BNN Media. You can be a producer. You can do what I do. Not as good as me, because I've been doing this for a long time. But you can come here. You can do that. Go on the website, BNN Media, and you can look at the workshops that are up upcoming if you want to do radio, because you don't have a face for TV. Just kidding. Um, there's radio opportunities here. There's podcasting. And there's also cable TV. And we welcome you to come do it. It's not that serious. Thank you. Take care of yourself. And God bless you. Take care of yourself and each other. In succession through 400 years, hate, blood, sweat, and tears, and counting. The resistance is mounting. We are the uniters and not the generation of fighters. When it gets hard, we charge. We are the uniters and not the generation of fighters. Don't quit, we don't get it twisted. Women insisted, show the world how they resisted. Alabama got rocked, the world was shocked that they did it. 98% got rid. In the face of an onslaught, 600,000 got caught. The tables were turned and burned. The haters got just what they earned. Sooner or later, they will learn. They'll learn. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119. Attention WBCA LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241.
or email us at radio at bnntv.org. Thank you.